Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory. Welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. You might notice I'm releasing two episodes a day here and there. And I think this is more because I have episodes queued up all the way until October already. Because I'm one of those types who likes to plan. But then when, when news events hit, I do want to comment on it. And so as some of you might have heard, and some of you might know, we've had a writer's strike now. Probably going on for about a month. And now the SAG-AFTRA, the, the, the union for actors had to, has decided to strike. So now we've had the first dual strike in something like 60 years. And I just want to give my take on it. And look, you might be surprised of my take, maybe not given the, the title of this episode. But for someone that has a podcast on movies and celebrity gossip, you might think that I'd be upset, torn discombobulated by the idea that Hollywood might come to a screeching halt. And no, I'm actually quite opposite. I'd be totally fine if Hollywood was just completely obliterated. I would be totally fine if the People's Republic of California just seceded from the United States and just an earthquake came and just pushed it off into the Pacific. But either way, that wouldn't solve the problem with Hollywood. I, I have an ambivalence, as you can tell toward Hollywood. And look, even in the intro, and May wrote that intro, May and I both wrote it, but we talk about self-indulgent producers and actors. And Hollywood is a gigantic vanity project. You just heard recently that the Emmys were announced. And like all award shows, Hollywood likes nothing better than just pat itself on the back and give itself jobs. You know what I mean there? Uh, under the table to each other about how awesome they are and how much they change the world and all just this nonsense. Hollywood's motto has been corrupting the youth and corrupting America since 1920. And I think people forget that. Yes, of course, we want to be entertained. Movies can be edifying and can bring us a certain type of human understanding on a visual form. But overall, I, I see Hollywood for what it is, and it just pushes bad morals. You know, Gregory, you such a Christian. Yeah, of course this is all imbued by my Christian worldview. Of course it is. And look, I wouldn't be feeling this way if it was Hollywood before they got rid of the codes back in the 60s. So if you look at, truly the golden age of Hollywood was the, the 40s and 50s, where you just had amazing movies being made, but there were also codes in place to prevent some of the more, I, I suppose you would say, uh, Things that are not good for our soul and our body to be glorified. Namely, sexuality, drugs, and, and other things like that. And when they got rid of the codes, especially you see it in the 70s with the auteurs like, like Scorsese and others, you just saw a lot of smut come in. And smut's been in Hollywood since then. And look, there's a lot of documentaries you can read or watch or books you can read about the founding of Hollywood and how Hollywood does not have good intentions when it comes to us. So either way, going to the strike, I could care less on either side. It's like when athletes go on strike or threaten to go on strike or when an athlete like James Harden or one of these 
you see this played out more in the NBA, I think. Just they just want to sit out because they want to move to another team or they want to make more money. And and I think they just forget like middle America just doesn't sympathize with them at all. And I think it's the same thing played out with Hollywood. Now understand, look, you have the studios on one side. The studio's mindset is look, we need artists because we are not artistic. We need artists. So we need directors, we need screenplay writers, we need the actors. But they wouldn't have an outlet if it wasn't for us. We're the ones who pay for the production of the movies, the television. We pay for the public relations and the merchandising and, and the ads and all these things. So you creatives wouldn't have a place without us. And then, of course, the creatives are like, well, yeah, you can have a studio, but the studio is going to be empty unless you have creatives making stuff. You won't have content, Disney, Netflix, wherever, Paramount, if we don't make stuff. And in the past, prior to streaming, uh, everybody was winning out, especially when primetime television and cable outlets were very strong because... The studios were making a killing off of cable rights, of the cable packages, the cable bundlings. And now that people have been unplugging uh, the, the cable box, so to speak, and just going to streaming, that's taken a big revenue chunk out of the studios. Also, the studios are only making about 25% of what they were making pre-COVID. So the studios are still struggling there. And the studios are struggling with streaming because they're putting a lot of money into building up their platforms. Really, Sony is the only big studio that just still sells its products to different streaming companies to show them there. But all the other ones are trying to build up their platforms and they don't make money off of that. They've been putting and spending a lot of money. They don't make money off of that. So if you look at Zasloff over at HBO, uh, HBO Max, he runs that whole Time Warner thing. He's been trying to cut costs for a long, long time because they've been hemorrhaging money. Disney's been hemorrhaging money. You, you don't necessarily hear these things, but the, from, the, from the streaming perspective, they don't make a lot of money. So the studio, when the, when the actors went on strike yesterday, the studios uh, over, uh, Iger over at Disney was like, this is really an opportune time. Why are you doing this now? Again, we haven't gone back to pre-COVID levels. And, and, and from the studio perspective, they're hemorrhaging money. It's like you're just making things worse by going on strike actors. The actors and the writers, their mindset... And look, the actors... Well, let's start with the writers. So the writers' perspective is the glory days is when episodes were... We were cranking out 22 episodes a season. So we did not that long ago. Gilmore Girls, TV shows I love. So back, let's say, even in the early 2000s before streaming, all the shows on, on, on prime time were cranking out. 22 episodes a year. And so this was very lucrative for writers. There were writer rooms and all these things. And so that was kind of the, the heyday. But you guys have noticed if you're watching any television, most episodes, most seasons now are maybe 10. If you get a lucky to 10, you saw something like The Idol, which we have an episode that only had five. And it's not uncommon for a typical season now to be half of that amount than what it was before, so they're not getting re-enumerated as much. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. 
We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. In addition to that, the writer's rooms are getting smaller. So showrunners and studios aren't paying for as many writers. And they're worrying about ChatGPT and AI being able to write stuff. So these are some of the contentions that the writers have. And the writers just don't have as big of a platform as the actors. So now that the actors are striking, now you're gonna get, probably Jane Fonda's gonna be out there, Meryl Streep, you know, Emily Blunt, you know, whoever, Clooney. They're all gonna come out there and understand, look, so the street, this, this Screen Actors Guild and the president is Fran Drescher, the nanny. Yeah, she's been the president for some time. They negotiate really for, and they're looking out for the lower level actors, the minimum wages that, that lower level actors have and the pensions and the health insurance and all that. So when we talk about like Clooney and Blunt and Brad Pitt, their wages or whatever their fee is for a movie is really determined by their agents. So Screen Actor Guild don't, are not really looking out for Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is looking out for himself. So he's, he's fine. So he's negotiating on his multi-million dollar contract. And of course, these guys are not going to be nearly as affected on going on strike. So the Screen Actors Guild is more for the lower level people who barely eke out a living. And from depending on what source you hear or where you're hearing from on the trade magazines, the actors are like, look, we just want a cost of, of living in, uh, adjustment because of inflation has been eating up you know, all of our wages, no doubt, not just actors, but us general schmoes. And they're saying that the studios don't want to match that. The studios don't want to increase their pensions. The studios don't want to increase their health insurance. And the studios are like, well, we're pinched right now. We're not making a lot of money for the aforementioned reasons. And then the actors and, and the writers are like, of course you can afford it. These are just minimal things. And so now both sides are embittered. It's an internecine rivalry right now. And so they've gone on strike. And this is probably going to go at least two months. Here's my take. It's like super rich people complaining to other super rich people about how they're not getting their own. And I think they're totally detached from middle America. Totally detached. And I could care less. Like I said, I love movies, but I could be totally fine if Hollywood, that an EMF bomb was dropped on Hollywood and Vancouver and Atlanta and all the places, and they could not produce any television or movies indefinitely, I'd be totally fine with that. Same for social media. Just drop another EMF bomb on Silicon Valley. And I'd be totally fine with that. I think that as a whole, Americans are way too screen addicted. And it's funny because my other large feed here is the Awakened Man. 
and we talk about kind of a holistic health. But we have episodes there about how screen addiction is a major problem. The average American, I did an episode back in 2018, spends 11 to 13 hours a day looking at screens. And we are way too dependent and addicted to screens, whether it be gaming, whether it be television, whether it be social media. And would it be bad if Hollywood just stopped making stuff and we had actually, I don't know, go for walks and read books and learn to play the instrument and hang out with our family? I think that'd be great. I think that'd be great. So when I found out the actors are going on strike, I'm like, I, I, I don't, I just fine. Just why don't all of you go on a boat and just sail away and we all be fine? You have no idea what middle Americans are going through when you go on strike. And of course, both sides, oh, what was us? We're the martyrs. Oh, we have the right. Oh, we have the right. And look, unions have the right uh, uh, to strike if that's what they want to do. And the studios have the right to be like, you know what? We put all this money up front. Yeah, you could be, you have a great idea for a script, but you know what? That script's never going to see the light of day unless uh, we put a lot of money into it ahead of time. Record companies are the same way. And so you, know, you can see both of their perspectives. If I had to lean on one side, I'd lean toward the, the writers and the actors, especially the low-level writers and actors. But it's kind of like teachers. You, I have a lot of friends and associates of people I know are teachers. And it drives me crazy with teachers when I hear like, oh, we don't get paid enough, blah, 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 blah. Look, I get it. You don't get paid enough for what you do. But you signed the dotted line. Nobody made you become a teacher. You chose that. So when you see these actors and these writers that are struggling, you could go back like like uh, Emma Stone's character in La La Land as she's tempted to go back to, back to wherever her hometown is before she gets her big break. You're more than welcome to go back to do whatever and join the Joe Schmoes and the Hoi Polloi as we eke out a living. You're more than welcome to do that. No one's making you try to eke out a living as a struggling actor or a struggling writer. You're choosing that. And you can choose to opt out of that. So I don't want to hear, oh, we're struggling. We can't make any money. Okay, well, don't be, an, don't be an actor. Go to community college and get a trade. Go be a plumber. No one's making you do that. And I respect teachers. You'd be like, you know what? I don't make enough money, but it's a vocation. Teaching is a vocation. Nobody does it for the money. Some, I think, maybe do it to get the summers off. But nobody's doing it for the money. And it's, I just like when they stop complaining about your, your salary and just be like, yeah. I love teaching. I love imparting knowledge to the younger generations. And just be honest. And it's the same thing here with the writers and, and the actors. And I mean, look, you're going to see, you know, we all revolt. We, we, we get re revolted when we hear like the Tim Robbins, Susan Serena types, the Joaquin Phoenixes, when they win awards, they go and pontificate about whatever their thing is. You know, Joaquin Phoenix is about animal cruelty and whatnot. And and one of the movies I love episodes I did was Team America World Police. And of course, the, the South Park guys, Parker and Stone, really lampoon that with the Film Actors Guild. Look at that acronym if you haven't seen that movie. Uh, and they make fun of that. And I just don't want to hear the actors pontificate and come out. Woe is them. Woe is them. As they all live in their palatial estates in Malibu and in France. I just don't want to hear it. Emperor has no clothes. We street through your nonsense. All these parties involved are corrupt, depraved, and completely unrelatable. And look, if Hollywood never gets back on track and, and the strikes are never lifted, which we know will be, but if it's never lifted, I'm totally fine with that. All you guys are just morally corrupted reprobates. Otherwise, we'll see how this goes. We'll see how it plays out. But I, I think everything's going to be signed on the dotted line. So you, 
you Marvel geeks who are worried about the new movies come out, don't worry. I would say all this is going to be resolved in a couple of months and everything's going to be just fine. Guys, I'll post something over at Spotify on the Facebook group. You let me know how you feel about the strike. Please rate and review because it helps with the algorithm. Make this channel grow. There's a link in the episode notes for PayPal. And there's a link for the Eclectico Gregorio website, which hosts all four of my feeds. Until next time, take care. God bless and have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.